Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin. And my guest today is the founder of Jet Set Barbecue, Mr. Langston Majet. Thank you for joining me. Yeah, yeah. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. <laughs> man, look, the, we, the last time we talked, man, look, it feel like both our worlds have just changed so dramatically. <laughs> Isn't that so crazy? You just don't know what, what your next chapter is going to be. You could try to write the book all you want, but... Somebody else got a bigger plan for you. You just along for the ride. Man, how you been? I've been good, man. Uh, making the best of this pandemic situation. Um, you know, working. I, I'm not going to say working hard, but um, yeah, I've been working hard. <laughs> um, making sure the family stays safe. Everybody, um, you know, taking care of themselves during the, uh, the pandemic. But I've been good. I can't complain. Man, so one thing I want us to talk about, you became a homeowner since we talked, man. Congratulations. Yes. Um, so we had the, um, the condo that we, we bought back in um, so long ago now. That was 2006. And we've been there for so long. And then, you know, we finally were blessed with our opportunity to, to move up to a single family home. So we've just been enjoying it. We talk about it. Sometimes we wake up, we're like, wow, we can't believe this is ours. But, you know, we 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 waited a long time for our, for it to be our turn and we made the best of it. So how's it so how's it been being a homeowner now? It's been good. Well, we own the condo, but, you know. Being being the, the owner of a single family home, it brings, you know, a little bit more things you need to worry about, like um, we have a nice yard, so I got to worry about keeping the yard together and just, you know, it's, it's, it's different. It's definitely different, but luckily the experience has been great for us. Um, when we saw the house, we were able to tell it was in really good shape. So it was really just turnkey. We just had to get our stuff in here and get ourselves situated. So it's been great. I see all the projects you've been doing too. It looked like YouTube University been helping out big time. I'm telling you, man, YouTube <laughs> is the foundation for a lot of things I can claim for success because so many times stuff will break and I will say, damn, I got to pay somebody. I don't got money to pay somebody. I'll go on YouTube and get my tool bag and get to work. And I, I can't remember where I posted. It must have been on um, Instagram. But I said, you know, at one point I realized, you know, when you call somebody to, to repair something, all they're doing is taking stuff apart and putting it back together, replacing the part here or there. So when I have to do stuff, that's kind of how I, I take the approach, just one step at a time. Don't worry about whether it seems like a big job or not. Each big job is broken down into little steps and you know, you got some time and some patience, you can get it done most times, but there's some things I won't touch. <laughs> like what? <laughs> um, electrical work, not screwing with that. <laughs> um plumbing beyond a certain point like i've installed sinks i've actually installed dishwasher garbage disposal but once you need to start um working with piping behind the walls nah i i learned i learned the the uh the value of that service now <laughs> will i be able to get it done maybe how long is it going to take me how frustrated am i going to be or can i just pay somebody a couple hundred dollars and say here this is your problem now. And that's, that's kind of where I am in my life with a lot of things. You know, I still dabble here and there, but um, now I'm at the point where, nah, that's not my, that's not my mission anymore. 
<laughs> so how's it been with it with um because you both of us got daughters your daughter's nine just like mine how's it been doing how's it been with the school and COVID with her it's been going okay it started out really rough um not so much of not so much related to the subject matter but just her adapting to dealing with being on a laptop all day mm-hmm. she's um played games on my computer and stuff like that but when it comes to a point where the teacher's telling them, okay, you need to copy this or you need to open up a new tab. It was just the the mechanics of learning. And sometimes, you know, when she has to fill out a worksheet, it struggles, struggles with, you know, getting the text box in the right place and underlining and just, you know, keyboard and basics that was never a part of her curriculum as, as a fourth grader. So it's a learning curve. And, it took me a while to realize, hey, you know, this is hard for her. <laughs> you know, it, it seems like simple stuff to me because I'm on a computer all day, every day. But for her, it was it was a new environment. So it, that was an adjustment, um, figuring out, you know, our working spaces within the house. Because before we even bought the house, we were all working from home in the condo. So um, I can't even fathom having to do that again but you know when life gives you lemons you put some sugar in it and make some lemonade <laughs> how are you feeling about her going back to school in person oh see see prince george's county they just had a poll that closed for us to vote on that to go back before the end of the school year now james it's march why would i send my child back to the classroom for two days a week and in the classroom, she's sitting on her computer at her desk, separated from other kids. They stay in one classroom every day. Teachers rotate in and out. Why in the world would I subject her to that or subject ourselves to making sure she's getting back and forth two days a week when things are finally as close to a well-oiled machine for virtual learning as it's gonna be? It just makes no sense. And I think it's all about the, uh, the money. Um, I, I haven't done research, but I, if I were to bet, I would bet that there's some financial incentives for schools to be allocated X amount of uh, monetary funds for their budget if they reopen the school year. And it goes all the way up to the, to the state level as well. I'm sure there's incentives for Hogan to get reports saying that X percent of the school systems in Maryland are, are back in, in the classrooms. But from a logistical standpoint, are all of the teachers vaccinated? Are all of the students vaccinated? No. Why create this risk unnecessarily when you have a system in place that's proven to work and we're so close to the end of the school year? Wait until fall to, to, to reassess or wait till the summer to reassess for fall so you can see these um, numbers starting to stabilize or, or decline rather for you know positivity rates for COVID-19. It's just too rushed and I don't think they're ready to to really handle going back to school just now, but they're just trying to check a box so they can say the kids went back to school this this school year. Do you do you think it's gonna be a tough adjustment? Because man, we going on this has been a calendar year and then you know, if she doesn't go back, let's say she doesn't go back until uh, September, we're talking about, what, like 17 months, 17, 18 months? Oh, yeah. It's definitely going to be a tough adjustment. 
uh, to get all of the kids back in the mindset of we're here to do work. And I know from firsthand from my daughter, she misses that social interaction aspect. She wants to see her friends so she can not only just learn at school, but socialize and laugh and play and, and have a good time with people that she's used to seeing every day. Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to be an adjustment period for when everybody goes back. So I'll say this. My daughter's actually, uh, she's actually in school. Oh, okay. Yeah. it's. I'm going to tell you, um, the, the thing is to me, really, the, the challenging part, she has to wear masks all day. Oh, yeah. That part, too. I left that part out. But, yeah. Man, I do. When she, like, it's crazy because it's like, she got like before I take her out, I always gotta ask her, you got your mask, you got your spare. And one day we're leaving out the house and she forgot her mask and she was so oh, no. upset. And I'm just like, I told her, I said, look, Nia, we you know, we've been doing this all year. This is your first day forgetting the mask. Like it's just <laughs> we're just gonna move on because this, this is, is gonna tough, be man. all right. <laughs> this is tough. Like, I'm man, I I man, I don't know how to feel for these kids because. This is rough, man. Yep. Mm. It is. It is. And um, it's, who, who would have thought that we'd still be, still be here? I remember when things first shut down last year. I was like, oh, a couple weeks will be good. Oh, end of the month. But damn. <laughs> right. it's, it's crazy. Are you, are you still teleworking? Yeah, I'm 100% telework. I'm managing uh, folks who telework as well. I got an employee in New Jersey. I have an intern in New York. I have a, a contractor that lives in Northwest DC. I have people literally all over the, the area, but you know, it doesn't matter if we're all virtual. I don't care where they are, as long as they can log in and get their work done and be on call when I need them. But we're starting to talk about um, the back to work or back to the office plans, but Interestingly enough, when this new administration um, took place, uh, our head of our department, Pete Buttigieg, um, head of the um, Department of uh, Secretary of Transportation, he's kind of putting the brakes on these return to work plans because he takes it seriously as he should. So, you know, just at the end of last year, they were starting to socialize, you know, loose frameworks of return to work plans. And now, the sentiment is okay. Let's let's hold off. There's no rush to push us back to the office. So I'm okay with that. I'm okay with working at home because <laughs> <laughs> we've proven our ability to to meet the agency's mission and get our job done in the virtual environment. So why subject everyone to the rigmarole rigmarole of uh, you know commuting and all of that stuff when we can uh, accomplish the mission from wherever we are as long as we have a, a steady internet connection. Could you envision yourself being 100% telework for good? No, absolutely <laughs> not. Because there, there are a lot of things I miss. A lot of things I miss because, um, well, like my daughter, I miss the socialization of coworkers that I consider friends. Um, I miss being able to walk over to someone's desk and ask them a question and vice versa, rather than that turning into a 30-minute Zoom meeting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I want to talk about now. Let's transition to Jet Set Barbecue because that was the biggest reason that I wanted to get you back on the podcast. First yes, of all, sir. Man, 
congrats, first of all, congratulations, man. I'm, I'm so proud of you for launching, man. I was shocked that you launched because it just happened so quick. Like, how did that happen so quick? It, thank you. It, it did happen out of nowhere. And, you know, so anybody who follows me on social media knows that I love to eat. I love to cook and I love to show off the stuff that I'm cooking. So over the years, you know, the sentiment will always be, oh, that looks so good. Uh, let me know when I come through and get a plate. Just comments like that. And um, I was I was cooking something. I think it was some ribs. And somebody made a comment about buying a slab. I said, "All right, uh, put your money where your mouth is." And <laughs> I put I put it out there on Facebook. And that weekend, I, or that Saturday, I sold like seven slabs of ribs. Damn. And and the reviews that came back, they were like all overwhelmingly positive. So I was like, huh, well, we might be on to something. And, and that's where it really um, came from. But just me starting doing this now, cooking, you know, obviously for, for profit for other people, that doesn't equate to me just getting started on the grill. I've been um, loving cooking on the grill for quite a long time. I watch all of these shows and, you know, Going back to what I said about living in the condo, we had strict rules for our HOA. We couldn't cook outside. We couldn't have an outdoor fryer, no grills, no anything like that because of obvious fire hazards. We didn't even have common areas where we could set up because they wanted, you know, the courtyard area to have a certain image. They didn't want it to be <laughs> us with a bunch of our cousins outside barbecuing all the time. <laughs> so, so that stifled me. So. A lot of times when I would go visit my cousin in North Carolina, I would be like, great, it's time for me to get on the grill. And they loved it because they said, oh, Langston coming down? Oh, he about to throw down. So <laughs> when I moved to the house, and um, it's so funny, the previous owners left a lot of stuff for us to hit the ground running because they were downsizing, moving you know, down in Virginia. So one of the things they left was their grill. James, we moved to this house. I cooked out on the grill like every day straight for a week. Even if it I was know, raining. I saw the pictures. <laughs> Even if it was raining, I was out there. I was out there. So um, I've been doing it for a while, but this is, you know, the first time that I'm really promoting myself. I would post the pictures every now and then, but now I post the pictures to say, damn, don't this look good to you? You can have a plate too if you want it. <laughs> so that's kind of where it started. And I'm amazed at the response that I'm getting. Like when I post those pictures, funny memes talking about I'm sold out, I really am because I don't even have enough capacity to cook more if people wanted to order more. And um, so it's, it's just been amazing how every week I get emails with people with questions or just the likes on Instagram from across the globe. I didn't realize this is off topic, but barbecue is big over in Europe. I see a lot of folks on Instagram and the barbecue circuit from Europe and they get down. <laughs> <laughs> man, it's, it's crazy, man. Cause I, dude, I'll be looking at those pictures. I'll be so mad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just so funny. On those days when I cook, like on a Saturday morning, if I'm up early getting stuff done, I won't, I won't eat that. I won't even eat barbecue. I'm over wow. it. For, for the day, I'm over it. I'm so worried about making sure everything turns out right, 
And even if it's to my satisfaction, making sure it's, it's making sure it's to the satisfaction of the people who who are buying it. So it's it's some you know I don't want to say stress with it, but I'm focused on the product rather than you know my own palate during the time. But you know what's so funny? I started cooking an extra slab of ribs because by the time things wind down on a Saturday evening, I'm done getting everything cleaned up. I'll be like damn, I'm hungry. I wish I had some ribs, but I sold them all. <laughs> so I started making stuff for the house just to make sure that, you know, I got something to eat. The family got something to eat too. Because they smell the food. They'd be like, damn, it's nothing left for us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, you should have put your order in on Thursday by three o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> How did you actually get the courage to, to do the business portion? Because that's a hard thing to step out and, and just say, you know what, now I'm going to go into business for myself. You know, it, it wasn't hard for me because it wasn't my first time doing this. So my I started a business, um, gosh, is it almost two years now, about a year and a half ago, doing backsplashes, doing kitchen backsplash tile work. And again, that was it's that started the same way. I'm doing this great work. I was doing work in my own kitchen. And people say, oh, man, I will pay you to do mine. I, and I would say, yeah. I, I have no problem helping you, showing you how to do it. And they're like, no, I want you to come and do it. So I said, all right. I said, all right, give me a couple of days. And those couple of days was me getting my business paperwork and my federal um, paperwork all filed so I could be legit and start legit charging people. So that leap of, of faith that I took a couple of years ago, not even leap of faith because I had a full-time job to, uh, to rely on, but that leap of courage really made this second go around easier. So mm. it was nothing to it but to do it. Man, it's it, like I see the like I said, I see the pictures, man. And you and then look and it, and I I could just tell by the pictures and your posts that you're really passionate about what you're doing. I am. And, and you know, you have to be passionate about what you're doing, first off, and you have to be good at what you're doing. And I say that because you can have all the passion in the world, but if you're doing something that you're not good at, <laughs> once word gets out, it's not going to last. And that's why with the, with the backsplash tile work, you know, I knew I was good at that. So I had no problem, you know, pursuing that as a little professional, um, you know, side business. But um, I had to get away from that. It was just too time consuming for those, wow. um, for those jobs that I, I did, you know, each one took a minimum of two days of me going back and forth to the house to start prep work and finish it off. And that didn't include runs back and forth to the, to the Home Depot or Lowe's because regardless of how well you plan, there's always something that comes up that throws a wrench in, throws a wrench in things. But um, it was just tedious. Um, loading up my, my Jeep, unloading, getting all of my tools and equipment cleaned up. It was just a lot of work. And for what I was charging, I was, you know, I wouldn't leave the house for less than $500 unless I knew you. Mm -hmm. But even still, after I would get done with jobs, I've had people come to me and say, man, this is such a great, this is after we done set the price and they didn't pay me. Man, this is such a great price because I got two other quotes and they charge, they were charging X, Y, Z. And XYZ would be like two and a half, three times of what I already charged. Mm. So I was I was undercharging 
because A, I didn't really get quotes from other folks just because I didn't want to you know, get that involved. I, I, I didn't want to worry about what other folks were doing, but also I didn't feel 100% confident that people would pay me what they would pay somebody else. And that's a problem that I think a lot of people need to overcome, know your self-worth. And mm-hmm. that's one thing that I realized. And that's why with the barbecue, you know, if I do a brisket, yeah, this is going to be $18 a pound. $18 a pound is cheaper than other places, but it's definitely not, not the cheapest. Right. And you have to take into account when I cook this brisket that you're eating for, you know, 10, 15 minutes, I was out there with that on the smoker for over 12 hours. I'm waking up in the middle of the night, checking to make sure the temperature is right, making sure that the bark is set, making sure that I'm making sure that it's wrapped at 165 degrees and I'm monitoring the temperature until I pull it off when it's done. So it's a lot of work to get to the final product, but it's something that I really enjoy doing and it's not too taxing on me. I got a lot going on. I got a full-time job, I got family. I have another part-time job. So if I do anything else, add anything else to my, to my plate, it has to be something that I really like doing and that I can physically manage it. And I'm not exhausted at the end of the day because at the end of the day, guess what? I got a wife to be a husband to, I have a daughter to be a father to, and you know, I got a house to attend to. So it had to be something that I liked, something that was low stress for me and something that was convenient. I'm doing this right in my backyard. <laughs> so, so, you know, during the summertime, when I'm cooking, guess what? I'm going to be chilling at my house, a nice cold beverage, waiting for food to be done. I'll text you, tell you when your order's ready to be picked up. Nice. You, you mentioned your family, like making sure you spend time with them. And I, and I still see the pictures of you and your daughter, man. Y'all still out and about heavy in them streets. <laughs> yes. <laughs> how, do you, how, how do you manage to make sure that you give your family the time that they need? You know, one of the beauties about, you know, doing this barbecue thing is that I'm always at home doing it. So um, I can trim and prep uh, meats for the smoker while they're right there next to me. When my daughter, for example, I get her involved. She's my assistant and I pay her every weekend when I'm cooking out there on the grill. So mm-hmm. she's, she's right there with me when I'm going shopping. She's there with me when I'm, you know, creating our little weekly schedule. I have dry erase marker board, so it's easy for her to see how many people have ordered things, what they've ordered, what time they're picking up. And I put a schedule for when I'm getting my smoker set up. So she's right there with me and she'll ask me, okay, we're waking up at five o'clock. Make sure you wake me up because she's, she's down. Wow. She's down. So I let her be a part of it. And on Saturdays, she knows her job is to uh, greet customers when they pull up, bring them around back. She gets their orders bagged up. So she's, she's a part of it. And also I got my um, sister-in-law a part of it too, because you know, what good is it? if it's just you seeing all of the success. So my sister-in-law, she's really good at cooking. So I started offering side items. I don't cook, so si- I don't cook side items because I don't have time to. So my sister-in-law does that. I tell her what I need, she makes it. 
I provide her the container, some of the ingredients, and she gets like a good 90, 95% of all of the um, profit from the side items. Because wow. I'm not in it for, for hogging all of the profit. I'm here to make a better experience for the customer. So if, if you want some macaroni and cheese, well, I just let out the secret. That's going to be coming soon. But <laughs> if you want some, some baked beans or potato salad with your, uh, with your barbecue, we, we got that for you too. One stop shop. Wow. It looks, man, it looks like things are really taking off. Um, is this something that you're going to consider doing, like making it, I mean, it's already a business, but like, like really putting your feet into it and like possibly going to a full time? No, absolutely not. Because right now it's still fun for me. And I don't want to ruin that by being so focused on trying to build an empire where I'm no longer connected to the reason why I got started in the first place. Wow. Um, and, and also my, my full-time job, they take care of me very well. And I, I put my hats off to folks who um, started their catering businesses and offer similar products for full time because it takes a lot of dedication to, to jump out there. Um, that's not my, that's not my lane. Uh, luckily I I'm very grounded. I know my lane. I know what my limits are. I know what my capacity is and I'm okay with um, just doing this one day a week because let me tell you, uh, it was like maybe um, a month ago now, I took on a whole bunch of orders. This is when things like really kicked off. I was like, yes, yes, yes. I didn't tell anybody no. So I'm out there cooking all of this stuff, knowing that, you know, I only have but so much equipment to cook on in the backyard. So I feel like there's a fine line with, with the lane that I'm in. There's a fine line between quantity and quality. And one thing I never want to do is sacrifice quality for the sake of making a few extra dollars. Ah, okay. So, so when orders start rolling in, I kind of know when to start telling people, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sold out of this, or I'm sold out of that, I won't have that till next week, or I'm at capacity. Because, you know, I, I don't want to be out there stressed because I'm trying to oversell uh, my, not my not my capabilities, but my capacity. Right, right. But interestingly wow. enough, I had somebody um, hit me up. It was a guy asking me, um, did I do events? He wants me to, uh, you know, put together some packages for 20 people for an event in May. So I said, yes, I can do that. Okay. Okay. So, 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 so some somewhat small scale you'll be okay doing. Yes. And it wouldn't be, you know, uh, a personal event plus regular individual customers. It would be one or the other. So if somebody wants to book me for a Saturday, then I won't be doing individual orders. I'll say, nope, I'm fully booked that day because I want to dedicate to, to that one person to make sure that they're getting everything at the level of quality that I expect it to be. Okay. So, so basically, so safe to say is this is more like you just, just working in your passion even more. Yeah, definitely. Because um, I liked cooking more than I ever liked doing backsplashes. <laughs> <laughs> I did I did backsplashes because I was good at it. Mm -hmm. 
now I'm, I'm doing this barbecue thing because I'm good at it and I like doing it for fun. Okay. What's your favorite? What's your favorite? Um, what's your favorite meat to cook? Uh, ooh, ooh, that's a tough one. So um, I want to say my favorite meat to cook is beef brisket because it's not easy. Every piece of meat you buy is different. There's so many different. You could go on the internet and say how to cook beef brisket, and you're going to get at least 20 different you know opinions. And every one of those opinions that you get. They're correct, but there's so many different variables depending on, you know, what grade of brisket, whether it's just the flat or the point, or if it's uh, being cooked on an offset smoker or pellet smoker or, or what have you, you know, it's always a challenge, but I always um, accept that challenge because I know when I do it right, people are like, oh yeah, that's the shit. <laughs> And I know my wife, she's probably so tired of hearing about damn briskets. Sometimes I'll be up in the bed and be like seven in the morning. I'm watching instructional videos. Wow. That's crazy. But, um, and there's also sometimes, you know, the brisket would be done and I'll go to her and be like, yo, this is the one. This is the one. She's like, okay. <laughs> but also the, the reward for me is when people taste it. Because there are not a lot of places where you can uh, get like really good Texas brisket. And that's how I do my, I do my Texas style. I've, I've been to Texas and I've had brisket at plenty of places there. And that's a flavor or an experience that I've always wanted to emulate. So yeah, anybody could, could buy a piece of meat and throw it on there and, you know, enjoy it. But when you know the standard to which you're comparing it, that gives you that, that baseline or that finish line that you know that you're shooting for. And sometimes I miss. Sometimes I'm like, oh, no, this is not good. I need to chop this up and put this in beans because I can't <laughs> serve this to somebody because they're going to be like, oh, no, that's a barbecue brisket, not good. But um, <laughs> there are not a lot of places in the area that, that really um, focus on the craft. There's another place in um, Riverdale called 250 Barbecue. And they do, their claim is authentic Texas um, barbecue. And let me tell you, it is amazing. It is absolutely amazing. And when I see other places that are really doing it, I'm like, wow, hats off to y'all because Mission Barbecue ain't cutting it. Urban Barbecue ain't cutting it. It's, it's all about that, uh, that small scale, they call it craft barbecue. And that's where that attention to detail is just there that you're not going to find at a chain restaurant. Man, you know what? One of the reasons I'm, I'm just so honored and happy to have this conversation is because you're doing so many things and everything you're doing, you're, you're passionate about. So I want you to just, the, the, I want you to leave with the closing remarks. Why it's so important to live your life with passion. I think it's so important to live your life in passion because life is way too short. Um, there's so many ways to set up excuses for yourself as to why you won't try something, why you won't do something. But there's always a way to, to figure out what it is you like. And you, you can't spend your life absent of doing what you love. Um, before you know it, like I'm 40 now, I'm about to be 41 in September. 
And to be honest, the good half of my life is behind me. What have I done? What, what was I doing that was you know, passionate and meaningful during those first 40 years of my life? Not to say it was uh, you know, a, a throwaway. I did a lot of learning, but I feel like you get to a point where you, you feel accomplished and you have to you know, spend as much time as you can doing things that you actually like and not doing things because you are told or you feel like that's the right thing to do. When you find stuff that you, you like to do, you'll never work a day in your life. Hmm. Man, that's a look. I think that's the perfect way to end it, brother. Look, I really, <laughs> listen, brother, look, I tell you all the time in, in private conversations, but you know, the world could hear me say it, whoever here, man, I'm so proud of you, everything you're doing, man. It, it, I just really smile and, ha- and I'm always happy when I see your post. I'm kind of mad when I see your post because I'm like, damn, I can't handle that. <laughs> look, yeah, let me know when y'all are back and I'm going to throw down. <laughs> oh look, we be back. Look, we be back this summer, so we, I'm definitely okay. gonna hold you to it. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Hold on, I didn't even get to plug. I didn't even get to plug the business. Oh, you, oh, come over. You know I was gonna let you do that. <laughs> oh, okay. About <laughs> <Not> to say. <laughs> but look, since you already jumped to it, go ahead and plug it. <laughs> yeah. So check me out on Instagram.com/slash Jetset Barbecue. That's Jetset BBQ. Um. I have my Facebook page, Jet Set Barbecue. I have my menu on there. I have instructions on how to order, payment, all of that good stuff. Serving it up every Saturday in Central Prince George's County. Uh, craft barbecue, quality over quantity. I put my, my heart and soul into it so you can enjoy it just as much as I do. So I appreciate it. Hey, look, man, again... Thank you for doing this, man. Because, like I said, you you were well, like you said, you got about four jobs. So, <laughs> look, it's nine twenty four. I'm gonna be hurting tomorrow morning. I'm usually laid up by now. <laughs> I'm an old man. <laughs> hey, look, brother, I appreciate you, man. Look, hey, brother, man, look, love you, man, and, and keep doing all the great things you're doing. Thanks, man. Love you too. Look, right. look forward to seeing y'all soon. Hey, definitely. I want to thank everyone for taking the time to listen to the podcast. I truly appreciate your support. You can follow me on Instagram at conversations underscore with underscore lamp. And I'm also on Facebook conversation with lamp. You can listen to the, the podcast on SoundCloud and Apple podcast. Again, thank you all for listening. Have a great day.